Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk to you about college football, the NFL, the MLB, and of course, our signature segments, your weekly turtle zab, Mike's stupid rules, and write that down predictions here on episode 145. Hello and welcome to the first Brocktober episode of 2021 of the 8311 cast. That's your fun fact this week. It's Brocktober in case you did not see the final score of the Iowa State-Kansas game. Brocktober. That's that's one of the lamest fun facts you've ever had. I'm sorry. I'm going to call you out on that. Very much low effort. You're right. E- episode 145 started out as a dud, but thankfully the Cyclones did not start out woefully against the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, there there was I, there was no turning back. I, the Cyclones put the pedal to the metal and took it to KU right away. Uh, they scored the most points ever, right, ever in Iowa State history in the first quarter at 28, which is a lot. Uh, so obviously it, it was helped by KU's poor performance overall. Just they did not look great. Their defense was terrible in the first quarter and all game. And I mean, it, when your quarterback is running in the open field, and he fumbles the ball off of his thigh, you clearly don't have many great things going for yeah, you. It, it only took me 10 plays into the game until I uh, messaged the saxophone goop and just said, Kansas is bad. <laughs> the, that was very, very bad. And then I also uh, said, this broadcast crew is bad right after it because they were pretty bad. Well, they, they clearly sent the B team to this because they I mean, knew it I was going to be over. I don't blame them for that. They knew it was going to be over right away. I, I An easy first drive, uh, pretty much lifeless defense out of KU. Uh, they were and then, like, the number one defender, though, probably, who was out for yes. the first half after getting a targeting ejection against Duke last week. But that still. is. That is true, but the, I mean, there were quite a few other holes on the defense that one person can't fill himself. Um, and then, obviously, that fumble that set us up at a on a very short field, uh, easy to punch it in to go up early, fourteen to nothing, and uh, the onslaught just continued. Brock Purdy was firing on all cylinders. At one point, he was uh, six of six for four touchdowns, I think. Um, so he pretty efficient first quarter for Brock Purdy uh, after having a little bit of inconsistency to start the season. It, this was just a, a t- opportunity for Iowa State to really see kind of what worked on offense. And it was basically a scrimmage is what it felt like. Um, and maybe it, here's a fun fact for all of our listeners, one that might actually be a little bit more of a fun fact than um, that it's Brocktober. Uh, is that Iowa State had eight kickoff touchbacks uh, in this football game, uh, and last year as in in a whole as a whole they only had ten in twenty twenty. So that's, that's good. That's improvement. And the special teams actually were um, really good in this game. There were no missed kicks. They actually blocked a was that a field goal or a punt? it was a field goal. Yep, it was a field yeah. goal. Yeah. Yeah, you remember last week when you said uh, that the Cyclones would have a special teams touchdown, Wyatt, and I asked if that included blocked kicks, and I said, ah, that's very unlikely. They almost had it. They didn't take it back for a touchdown, but they did block the kick and return it to basically the red zone. 
So oh, that was a close one. Yeah, the special teams are good. This was just all around a, uh, a well-played game, I think, by the Cyclones. I mean, Kansas is bad. You didn't learn much from this game, but it was definitely a big, uh, a big get-right game for the Cyclones um, on offense, and there was really nothing wrong with the defense. So, um, oh, good. The only real gripe I've got in this game is why were the defensive starters still playing in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Like, like the last thing you want is Greg Eisworth to tear his ACL on the wet Jack Troy Stadium grass because it was raining in a game where you're up by 50 against Kansas. Like, to me, that was just a little, little excessive. But, I mean, I won't complain in the end. I mean, you won. Everybody got out of there healthy for the most part. I didn't hear of any major injuries. So one one thing that I did notice is that Orion Vance did go down at, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter when I was yelling at the TV to pull all of our defensive starters. Uh, it, it seemed like he was getting up slowly, We but he's already been injured this season, so it could potentially be a nagging injury that has reoccurred. Um, but yeah, as Mike said, there's really nothing to complain about. The only thing that I might gripe about is five penalties for 35 yards, but that's really good. Uh, compared to games that we've had in the past where, you know, we're at 10 penalties for over 100 yards, and we've been griping about that. So there, there's not much to complain about. Uh, it was overall a well-performed game, and you just got to gotta look forward now and hope to continue to build on this momentum. Um, hopefully that momentum builds throughout the bye week. Uh, next week, the Cyclones are off. Uh, it is an early season bye week, and then they will be getting ready to play the other Kansas school uh, on the road for Farmageddon in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, that is an October 16th game. Kickoff is on at 6.30 on ESPN2 for Farmageddon. Yeah. Um, so did anybody notice that did, – did, did the AP voters just, like, forget Iowa State existed this week? Like, I'm not trying to claim that Iowa State should have been a top 25 team because they shouldn't be. But did anybody else know they got no votes? Literally. Like, last week, they, they were, got enough votes to be ranked 31st, right? And then they proceeded to demolish Kansas, and they got no votes? Like, how did every AP – were they just not included on the ballot? Did the ballot printers just forget Iowa State this week? Anybody else notice that and know what's going on there? I mean, I wouldn't have voted for us, to be fair. That that win against Kansas is not that impressive. I mean, I wouldn't have either, but I'm wondering what happened to the approximately 25 people last week who did, who looked at that route of Kansas and said, eh, I don't think they are anymore. Yeah, well, I, I guess, I don't know if this is a negative against Iowa State. Clearly, it can't be with their performance against Kansas, but maybe it's just that evaluation of Kansas themselves and how inept everyone, all the voters believe Kansas actually is. Uh, that I mean, that's that's a good that's a good question and and a quandary that we don't really have an explanation to. It'd be awesome to have an insider uh, with have inside access to one of the voters and ask, you know, what that process was. Do we did we get left off of the ballot? Because um, like. So part of it could have been Baylor's loss, right? That so our Baylor loss looks worse now. But like we went 31st in the coaches poll this week. So it's not like the coaches dropped us. I'm very 
it doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, this is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I'm just curious more than anything about what the heck happened. So it just, it's just bizarre to me how we could just not be there at all. Yeah. Like, thankfully, thankfully, AP poll rankings right now don't mean a thing. Uh, we just, we just got to win football games at this point. That's all that matters. And it's going to continue. Hopefully it continues in, in Manhattan, K-State and Iowa State always play tough. Um, I believe K-State is leading the all-time series in this rivalry, uh, but it is, it's close. It's almost like uh, 500 um, with both teams all, nearly splitting the all-time rivalry uh, in this matchup. So should be a fun game under the lights in Manhattan. Uh, one of your co-hosts will be at that game. Hopefully it's not as cold as it was two years ago when I was freezing my butt off there. Uh, it was like 15 degrees with a 35 mile an hour wind the entire game. So hopefully we get a little bit nicer weather in, in Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Speaking of nice weather, there wasn't much nice weather for a lot of these NFL games or college football games this weekend, but some bad weather um, in New England as Tom Brady returned um, to Foxborough with Tampa Bay. Um, he didn't play great. I mean, he only had, he had 270 yards um, passing in this game. It was enough to become the all-time leader in passing yards, but it was enough to win the football game. And in the end, that's... Uh, that's what matters. So, I mean, he got the job done. It was also a uh, good day to be a fan of New York football teams as they both won in overtime. The Jets picking up a win over the Titans um, as the Titans missed a game-tying field goal as overtime expired. Um, and the Giants getting a, a surprising win over the Saints on the road, I believe, in yes. overtime. So They, they won in the Superdome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure there's a top team in football right now. I mean, as far as undefeated teams go, you've got the Arizona, Arizona. Cardinals, but they really shouldn't be undefeated because if the Vikings could kick field goals, they wouldn't be. Um, the Raiders are undefeated as we're recording this, but losing. Um, so they're unlikely to be undefeated at the end of, of this week. Um, and that's it. That's yeah. it. Those are your only undefeated teams. Right. And you have one 4-0 team, which is my guess low. Um, I, I don't have the statistics to back that up, but that just seems low to me. And, and teams that are were supposed to be, I mean, Tennessee goes out and beats Seattle. And then in the following week, or maybe two weeks later, Tennessee lays an egg against the Jets the New York Jets who were projected to have like one win this season. I, I guess there's their one win. Um, it, you, you have teams like Pittsburgh beating up on the bills. The bills lost in week one to them at home. But since then the bills have been three and zero and out outscored their opponents, 118 to 21. Um, it, the chiefs haven't looked great. Uh, they got back on track, uh, of statistic Andy Reed just uh, adding to his hardware, probably going to be a hall of fame coach. Um, he has now, he's the first coach ever to win a hundred games with two different uh, franchises. Um, and ironically, he does that against his former team this weekend against the Eagles. 
But the Cardinals being the top team, as Mike said, they should be three and one, really, if if it weren't for that missed field goal by Greg Joseph. And they also play in the toughest division in the NFL. Um, so it's it's really tough to to kind of narrow down who's who's that top team. And the Buccaneers lost to those to those Rams that the Cardinals just routed. Um, so it's yeah, it's seems like one of those seasons where there's a lot of really, really, really good teams, um, but no clear cut favorite ultimately. Yeah. Which is going to make for a fun season down the stretch. It really is. Um, I'm excited to watch how the season goes. There was, um, there's some good football, especially next week. There's a lot of good matchups. So if your team is bad, like the Vikings are who, uh, decided to, not show up on offense against uh, the Cleveland Browns, um, then just enjoy football. It's football. Play fantasy football. Enjoy fantasy football. Be four and zero like me. In one or be zero and four because you're too reliant on the Minnesota Vikings offense. Don't do that. Any Viking, you've fallen for one of the classic blunders. Kirk Cousins was good for three weeks, and you jumped on board the Vikings offense. I've seen that movie too many times. I know how it ends. Yeah, but what happened to the Dalvin Cook movie? Uh, he's been... injured. Oh. He was only – he was not at full strength. If you watched the game, it was pretty obvious he was not at full strength. Um, he played less than 50% of the offensive snaps. He was getting a light workload and got dinged up as the game went on too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he misses next week again. I don't think he will, but I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah, it's – it's going to be fun, uh, especially next week. Like I said, um, you've got the Rams playing the Seahawks on Thursday night. You've got the Bills um, Chiefs on Sunday night football. Arizona, San Francisco, Cleveland versus the Chargers. Um, just a lot of great games. I mean, Minnesota, Detroit. All right, that's going to be a great game. That was sarcasm. Just a ton of good games um, around next week. So just enjoy it. But if you like me, I'm not going to be watching much football over the next three weeks because I'm going to be watching the MLB playoffs. The regular season ended um, on Sunday, and despite the potential for there to be a ton of ties and a lot of chaos in game 163s and game 164s, there was none of that. It was all very anticlimactic. Um, In the end... um, Boston and New York secured the AL wild cards with Toronto finishing a game back and Seattle two back. Um, in the NL, the Dodgers um, could not catch up to the streaking San Francisco Giants. So the Giants won the West. Those are the only things up for grabs in the last weekend. Um, so the, that AL wild card game is going to be Tuesday. Um, New York at Boston, Garrett Cole versus Nathan Eovaldi. Um, the NL wildcard game will be Wednesday night in Los Angeles. Adam Wainwright versus Max Scherzer. Um, the Dodgers are on the verge of becoming the first 100-win team not to make the real playoffs. I don't consider this wildcard game the real playoffs. So they're on the verge of being the first 100-win team ever to not make the real playoffs. So... That could be interesting. Um, after that, the NL, the, sorry, the ALDS begins Thursday. You've got Tampa Bay um, playing the winner of this wild card series and or the wild card game, I should say. And then Chicago 
playing um, Houston in the AL. And in the NL, you will have San Francisco playing Atlanta. No, San Francisco playing the winner of the wild card game, excuse me. And then Atlanta and Milwaukee playing in the other series. I got that right, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got that right. Yep. Yeah, I did get that right. My memory served me well. Um, so as we always do on the 8311 cast, when it comes playoff time for the major sports, we're going to give our predictions. What? How, how detailed do we want to get for these predictions? Do we just want to do championship series matchups, World Series matchups, and World Series champions? How does that sound? Well, let's, pick, let's pick the wild card winners first. Oh, do great. that. Who wins the wild card? Okay. We just we just said it, Wyatt. Yeah. All right. So we'll start in the American League. Um, New York at Boston. Cole versus Ivaldi. Kyle, who you got? I got Boston. Wyatt. Yeah, it's probably gonna be Boston. I got the Yankees. I think they're the hotter team right now. Um, better pitcher. Cole's better than Ivaldi. I got the Yankees. National League Cardinals versus Dodgers. Kyle. Uh, Max Scherzer has been fantastic all season. But I'm a I'm a ride the Cardinals with this one. They have been absolutely on fire to end the season. I think that momentum is going to carry them through. Not not statistically at all, but I I don't like the Cardinals. So go Dodgers. I've I've got the Cardinals as well. Um, I think the Dodgers are just going to sort of fall flat after uh, winning that many games and having to play in the wild card. And the Cardinals are just hot. They've won like 18 out of 20 or something like that. Ten season, so I'm, I've got the Cardinals. All right. Um, continuing. Championship. Yep, and we'll go with the NL NLCS since we were just in the NL. Who you got, Kyle? Uh boy. I think Atlanta has too too much problems, too many problems with their pitching staff, with their rotation. Um, I'm gonna go with the Brewers versus the Brewers versus the Giants. I think the Giants will outman the Cardinals in a five-game series. I'm still on that Dodgers train, Brewers and Dodgers. I'm going to go with um, Atlanta versus uh, San Francisco. The Dodgers, oh, sorry, the, Dodgers. the Brewers did lose one of their best relievers to a broken hand recently because he like got drunk playing video games and punched a wall, or at least that's what he said he did. We'll see what actually he did eventually, maybe but I think that's going to hurt him enough in the, in the short series. And I've got Atlanta, Atlanta, San Francisco. Who do you got winning um, the NL? The AL? The NL. We're sticking with the oh, NL. We'll oh, the okay. World series and then I we'll see. switch to the yeah, NL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Giants are going to the World Series. Uh, uh, Dodgers, I guess. I've got the Giants as well. They've just been too good this year. Um, what do we got for an ALCS matchup, Kyle? Mm, I am going to go, boy, uh, I, I like the White Sox bullpen. Um, I think, I think the White Sox have the best bullpen in the American league right now. Um, and I think it's going to cut, it's going to help them in crunch time when it matters. So I'm going to go White Sox Rays. Hey, championship that's game. White Sox and Tampa Bay. You mean Champa Bay? Champa Bay. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to pick out of the AL, too. So I guess that's not very exciting. Who do you got winning that series, Kyle? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yep. Well, 
we're all going to look very stupid in the American League because we all know now that that's not going to happen. And you'll find out why in our accountability session later. But all right. So, Kyle, your World Series matchup is Giants Rays. Who do you got? Giants Rays. Uh, I, I'm going Tampa Bay. I, I can't pick the Giants. I just can't. Even, they've been the better team, but I think it's Tampa Bay's year to finally win. Wyatt, you have Dodgers Rays. And we all know the Dodgers are not going to make it that far. So, Tampa Bay. I've also got Tampa Bay. The analytics might not pay off in the short term, as we saw in Game 7 last year, but eventually they pay off. That's why they exist. Tampa Bay pays it off this year and wins the World Series. So, wow. I guess go Tampa Bay. Otherwise, do, we do we, like Is this the first time we've ever agreed on literally anything? Besides being fans of the Cyclones, we, we all agreed that Iowa State was going to beat Baylor. We saw how well that went. Oh, the analytics speak for themselves, and sometimes they work out the way you want, and sometimes they don't. Uh, so, yeah, it should be a very, very exciting postseason. Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, listening to a game while I'm working kind of kind of ease the burden of work right now and it's it's just a fun time of the year it is postseason baseball and october baseball it i mean if none of our listeners watched the energy and electricity that was in uh toronto at the rogers center when they were hitting home runs trying to make that last gasp effort as well as seattle what is that t-mobile park now out there uh it there was a lot, ton of electricity in those games, uh, two teams fighting to get in. Unfortunately, neither team made it, but you know, it's, that's how the cookie crumbles and, and it should be an exciting, exciting postseason. Just, I really hope the White Sox beat the Astros in that first game or in the ALDS. Yep. And we will keep you informed on the playoffs every week here on 8311 cast. Um, in fact, it'll probably be most of what we talk about next week because the Cyclones are on bye. So um, we'll keep you informed on how the playoffs are going next week on the 8311 cast. For now, it is the end of an era, though. The Twins did not make the playoffs, if you didn't surmise that from the fact that they were bad this year. Um, you should It's now official. They did not make the playoffs. So that means this will be the last weekly turtle tab until spring training next year. Is the end of, a, of an era of another season of the weekly turtle tab. In our last week, he played in two more games, including Sunday's season finale. In those games, he um, had a hit. Um, his final slash line for the year was a 236 batting average with a 259 on base percentage and a 350 slugging or 375 slugging percentage. Excuse me. So there you go. That was your season of Willens Astadio. Thank you for following along with us on the weekly turtle tab next year. We will be back in spring training, presuming he's still in professional baseball come next spring training. Cause as I said before, it's not going to be on the twins. He's getting cut in the off season. I am 98% sure of that fact. So moving on to our next signature segment, Mike's stupid rules. We're going to talk about a play um, in the cyclones versus um, Kansas game on Saturday. 
it's going to be um, that punt that Kansas had. This was in the second half, I believe. So the game was over. So if you guys weren't watching, I'll fill you in. Um, Kansas punted, um, and the ball um, hit the ground inside the five. It was touched by a Baylor or by a Baylor player. Wow, by a Kansas player as they were um, running down the field. Um, he touched it um, when he was at the one yard line. He dropped the ball. He went into the end zone, and then the ball rolled into the end zone after that. Um, the ruling on the field was that the Cyclones would get the ball at the one yard line. We're just going to talk about um, talk about that play, whether or not we view it as the correct call or the incorrect call, um, and talk about some rules for it. So, Wyatt, do you want to get us started with uh, your thoughts? I know you have some thoughts about this. So I think I know what the back judge thought happened. And, and the back judge is the guy who ultimately made that call on the field. He's the one who stands in the middle of the field, opposite of the referee. What I think he thought was that Kansas actually got possession of the ball inside the five-yard line. And the momentum of the Kansas player brought him and the ball across the plane of the goal line. Therefore, what, what would normally be a safety uh the five-yard momentum rule applies here, and the ball is placed at the inbound, where the, the spot where the, the ball was. Um, what, what do you call that when you catch the ball, but it's not a catch? When you get possession. Of Possessed, the ball, yeah. The spot of possession. So, therefore, the ball is at the one-yard line. And I don't like that because I don't think the Kansas player ever had possession of the ball, right? So, th- this should have been a touchback, in my opinion, after the ball touched the ground across the plane of the goal. Yeah, I agree with your assessment of touchback here, and I'm going back to to first touching. We've talked about this lots of time on punts. Remember, first touching is a violation where the kicking team touches the ball first on a punt. Basically, what it means is that at the end of the play, barring an offensive penalty, the receiving team can choose whether to have the ball at the spot of first touching or at the dead ball spot. So since I don't believe the ball was dead when the Kansas player touched it because it it didn't qualify as a dead ball, unless the ruling was that he possessed it, in which case it is, but I agree that I don't think he possessed it. Then this is just a first touching violation. The ball is dead then when it goes into the end zone and the the end zone dead ball spot results in a touchback. So that's why I had touchback. I had that touch as a first touching violation as opposed to a dead ball. And then the Cyclones could have chosen either the touchback or the first touching spot. Presumably they choose the touchback. That's and what I had. For further clarification, if that Kansas player, I don't know who, what his name was off the top of my head. If he kept the ball in his hands and didn't just throw it on the ground as soon as he entered the end zone, because he knew he messed up, right? He thought, oh, crap, that was a touchback, you know, my bad. If he would have kept the ball in his hands, I would not be mad about that call at all. That would be the correct call if he did have possession in the end zone and he didn't. He just threw the ball down. Like, well, I, I don't know what happened there. Neither of us, all of us think it should be a touchback just for different reasons. So unless Kyle, do you think it should have been down at the one? You haven't really uh, had much input to the segment. I, I think it should have been a touchback. I was, I was initially screaming at the television touchback. Right. And then they was, downed it at the one. And I was like, uh, I was past screaming at the television at that point. The only times I screamed at the television during that game were when Kansas was so bad, it frustrated me enough to yell at the TV well, for them. 
No, no, no. So I have to at least yell at the television once. That was my one time. I felt like I was running out of opportunity and that was my window. So I used my window. Things that are not uh, not cleared up is uh, uh, write that down predictions. So I guess they are kind of cleared up. They're just bad. Um, like I've been uh, foreshadowing for a couple of weeks, we have a large accountability session this week because baseball season ended. And some of these predictions that were foregone conclusions, I just waited to take off to do them all in one swoop here. Um, so some of these yes could have been taken off quite a while ago, but I just waited because um, it was easier to do this all at once. We're going to go uh, pretty rapid fire here because most of them are wrong anyway. Um, I predicted that Randy Dobnik would have at least 10 wins this year. I'm not even sure he got one. He definitely didn't get 10. So, nah. 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 Wyatt predicted that Javi Baez would have greater than or equal to 30 home runs this regular season. He had 31. So, actually, Wyatt got this one right. So, ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. Kyle predicted that Bobby Witt would play this year for the Royals. He did not. So, nah. I predicted that Whit Merrifield would have a three plus B war this season. It was actually three and a half. So for that, Kyle gets a ding, 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 ding. I predicted that the Twins would play above 500 against the NL Central. They played exactly at 500 against the NL Central. A little bit bitter about this one, but it is still wrong. So, nah, nah. nah. Kyle predicted that Carlos Santana would draw 100 walks. He had um, 87. Six walks. Or like 86. 86. Yeah, 86 yeah. walks. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. Nah. Um, Wyatt predicted the Cubs would sweep the Brewers at least once. That did not happen. So nah. Nah. But he did back it up by saying that the Pirates would never be better than last in the NL Central, which was correct. So ding, ding, ding. I said the Twins would eventually finish above 500, which they didn't. So nah. And I also said that they wouldn't finish last in the AL Central. They ended up a game behind the Royals. So for that, I get a Kyle predicted this is where it gets really bad. Kyle predicted that with Merrifield would lead the league in stolen bases. He did not. Sterling Marte did. So for that, he gets a Wyatt predicted the Reds would take a wild card spot. That spot went to the Cardinals. So Kyle predicted the Dodgers would win the NL West. It was the Giants. Nah. 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 I predicted the Mariners would end their postseason drought. They did not. It went to the Red Sox and Yankees. So, nah. Nah. Wyatt, as we talked about earlier, predicted the ISU would have a special teams touchdown against Kansas. They did not. So, nah. Nah. And Kyle, to top it all off, predicted that... Uh, Salvador Perez would finish the season with the most RBIs. He actually did. That redeemed um, this this segment. So that was correct. So ding, 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 ding. ding. That is it for our large accountability session. Um, there'll be more that keep coming off here during the playoffs. There's a couple of playoff predictions on the board. So we'll keep you informed as we go along. But for now, I'll start by putting one on the board. And I'm going to predict that the Dodgers – lose the wild card game. That's my prediction. They lose the wild card game. According to 538, um, they have a 70% chance of winning, which means a 30% chance of losing for those of you who are bad at math. According to fan graphs, they have a, let me find it here, a 64% chance of winning in the wild card game, 
So a 36% chance of not. Isn't that double territory for us? I always forget what our line markers are. It's it's on the single double border, so I'll let you guys be the judge based on what what you think. Uh, I mean double, but do we give him a double for it? I think for the statistics, that's more in in line with our double rationale. I'll give yeah, I like a double day. Double it is. Anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? He is still alive. He uh, moved uh, from Cedar Rapids to Milwaukee. Congratulations, Josh. Good uh, congratulations on the move. Good for you. But, but because he was moving, I uh, didn't come up with the prediction this week. Uh, he is taking the strikeout. All right. I'm going to predict that Iowa State wins every game this year. Every, every game from last week until the end of the season. They go undefeated, so, even through a bowl game. Yep. Even and potential college football playoff run. Yep. Okay. So 538 came out with their NCAA projections just before this week. So I actually don't have to go through and multiply all the percentages because 538 just has a win out column for me. Um, And it says that Iowa State has a 3% chance of winning out. That's higher than I thought it was. Not going to lie. I mean, either way, that's a home run. Yeah. But – it should be noted that 538 does say if Iowa State wins out, there's an 80% chance they go to the college football playoff. Which would be so, the first time a two-loss team would ever do so. So why you basically just predicted that there's an 80% chance that the, uh, that the Cyclones go to the playoff. So I like that. Home run. Kyle, what do you got? Uh, my prediction, uh, not unsurprisingly, uh, we all confirmed this earlier. The Champa Bay Rays will actually become the Champa Bay Rays this year when they win the World Series. Okay. According to 538, the Rays have an 18% chance of winning the World Series. According to fan graphs, they have a 7% chance of winning the World Series. Quite a difference there. Um, I mean, average it out. That's like a triple, isn't it? Yeah, tri- triple home run. Kyle, what were you hoping for for that? I mean, honestly, I was hoping for at least a double, so triple is fine with me. Yeah. I want triple so we can hit the cycle. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, the strikeout doesn't really count as a single. It just goes down as a single for my bookkeeping when I keep track of average total bases or average bases attempted. This year, I count a strikeout as a single, so... It's close enough for me. So with a single, double, triple, and a home run, we have officially hit the cycle this week in episode 145 at the end of our Write That Down prediction segment, which means we're also at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to the aforementioned episode 145 of the 8311 cast. Appreciate you sticking around. Make sure you check out our Instagram at 8311 cast and drop us a line at 8311cast.fm slash contact if you want to do something like that, like chime in on Mike and I's discussion about the momentum rule. Signing off for 8311 cast, we your hosts. Hi, Mersh. Mike Ludwig. And Wyatt Dito. Talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.